Hello and welcome back to Energy Scan Podcast, your weekly access to timely analysis and data on energy markets from top experts at NG Global Energy Management and Sales. This program is dedicated to exploring the weekly macroeconomic trends as well as focusing on the oil markets. We will be interviewing Olivier Gasnier, Senior Economist at NG Gems for Macroeconomic, Foreign Exchange and Oil Market Research. Hello Olivier. Last time we recorded this podcast, just after Hamas had attacked Israel. Logically, there was a rebound in oil prices. Where do we stand today? Hello, Nathalie. Well, as you know, uh, things haven't really calmed down. There was the, the bombing of the Gaza hospital, the drone attacks against uh, U.S. military bases in the region. Then missiles fired by the Yemeni Houthi uh, rebels, notoriously armed by Iran against Israel. Uh, the incidents multiply to push the price of Brent to a maximum of $93.79 per barrel last week. But Diplomacy has not been idle on the U.S. president's visit to Israel led to the Netanyahu government giving the go-ahead for a humanitarian head in the Gaza Strip, followed by the release of two U.S. hostages at the end of last week. Since then, the prospect of a ground offensive by the Israeli army in Gaza seems less imminent, which has led to a slight easing in oil prices. Okay. Let's continue talking about oil. Are there any tangible fundamentals linked to the Israel-Hamas conflict that can explain the rise in oil prices? Not to date. The main fear is a drop in Iranian oil exports due to a possible strengthening or simply a stricter application of sanctions against Iran. We could imagine much worse scenarios, of course, involving the production capacity of the major producer country in the region, but that wouldn't do as much good at this stage. To deal with the risk of a drop in Iranian exports, an agreement has been reached with the Maduro government, leading to the resumption of talks with the Venezuelan opposition with a view to the organization of free elections under international supervision in 24. In exchange, sanctions applying to Venezuela's oil sector have been partly lifted, which means that between 200-250k barrel per day of oil could be expected to return quickly to the world market. But it's not much after all. Good. So the oil market is under pressure, which is fueling fears of inflation. But on the other end, in this climate, the bonds of the major countries are often appreciated as safe haven. How are interest rates evolving? Ah, let me give you a figure, Nathalie. 5%. That's the level of the US 10-year bond yield, which hasn't been seen since 2007. U.S. long-term yields stopped rising for a few days as uh, treasuries uh, played indeed their role as a safe haven just after uh, Hamas attacked Israel, but the respite was really short-lived. Very quickly, long-term yields resumed their ascent on the combined rise in interest rates and uh, geopolitical risk led to a fall in the equity markets on a rise in the price of gold. And to explain this, oil is not enough. Is it? 
No, the rise in uh, rates uh, primarily reflects the current strength of the US economy, which should be confirmed this week with the Q3 GDP growth figures. Retail sales rose much more than expected in September, and jobless claims fell back below 200k uh, for the first time since January, which does not augur well for a downturn in the labor market in the near future. Jerome Powell, you know, the Fed president, confirmed that the rise in the long-term rates would enable the Fed to pass its turn again in November without closing the door, however, uh, on a subsequent increase in its key rates. But he showed no particular concern about tighter financing conditions. As he was saying to bond market participants, you can carry on. Isn't it worrying? Well, uh, this leads to a general increase in the cost of credit. We are already seeing a downturn in the property market, not only in the US, but in Europe too. If we come back to the US, the conference board's uh, leading indicator has fallen for the uh, 18 months in a row, which is a sure sign that if the past is anything to go by, a recession is coming. We've still got some good news from China, haven't we? I'm not so sure about that. Chinese uh, growth uh, surprised on the upside in Q3, but the 4.9% rise in uh, GDP in real terms, meaning volume, was accompanied by a rise in GDP in nominal terms, in value of just 3.5%, suggesting a sharp contraction in prices or, you know, a price volume split whose main benefit is probably to enable the official growth target of 5% to be reached in 23. Let's conclude this conversation with what's in store for us this week. Uh, As I said previously, we have the Q3 US GDP growth estimate. The consensus is high at more than 4% on a quarterly analyzed basis. Uh, And the Atlanta Fed estimate is even higher, above 5%. The markets will also be interested in the famous core PCE deflator, you know, the price of uh, consumer spending, which is closely monitored by the Fed to assess inflationary pressures. It was up by 3.7% in Q2. All these statistics belong to the past and do not uh, prejudge a possible slowdown in the US economy over the next few months. Nonetheless, they remain closely watched by the markets. Anything else? Yes, we have the preliminary PMIs for October. They will be the the week's other important statistical package, along with the IFO survey in Germany. And there is also an ECB meeting that should, in my view, probably reinforce the idea that the rate hike is over. Thank you, Olivier. I don't think there will be a podcast next week. We'll see you in a fortnight then. Exactly. See you soon, Nathalie. Thank you, Olivier and Nathalie, for these clear insights. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. See you all next week for your weekly Energy Scan podcast. Stay up to date about energy market trends in no time. Build market views with top quality data and interact with experts to support your decision making. Visit energyscan.ng.com to learn more.